Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. Every once in a while when I'm bored... In between two small tasks or when I'm waiting for something, I'll hop online and I'll look at Yelp reviews or Google reviews. There are times when I'm doing this for information, when I want to know something more about a restaurant I'm going to be going to or someplace I'm going to be patronizing. But by and large, I do this for entertainment value because people review everything these days. They hop online to tell you about how they feel about a McDonald's milkshake. They will talk about their kid's public school. They'll even talk about the experience they had while they were on trial at a courthouse. And as you can imagine, that's some pretty entertaining reading. So is it a cheap thrill? Is it a little bit of kind of online voyeurism? Maybe. But I do think there's a lot of entertainment value in reading these reviews. I'll give you another example. There's a coffee shop a few towns over from me. And I go to this place, and they have fantastic coffee, but it is bizarre. It's weird on the inside. The owner's a little bit quirky. And I've experienced a lot of eccentricities in their interactions with each other and with clients or customers. And uh, getting on the Yelp page for this coffee shop, there are some absolute hilarious stories. And for me, it's even more funny because I've seen it in person. But you can find this all over the place in all sorts of businesses for all sorts of products. And uh, I actually found a few for some fly fishing things that I thought I would share today. So the first is for a a knot tying tool. This isn't what the whole podcast is going to be about. I just thought this would be a fun way to start it. This is a knot tying tool. And this person says, I tried it, failed, read the instructions and tried again, failed, Watched YouTube videos. Failed. Some things are just not meant to be. Maybe this is the tool for fly anglers, but us normal folk can do better. 
Better as in, it took me less time to tie a regular knot than it did to make sense of how to hold this thing. I guess that I'm doing something wrong. Three stars. Three stars is actually pretty generous for a review like that. How about this? This is for an automatic reel. All right, remember the automatic reels, those reels with the little triggers on them? I've got a couple of them that I have up on the shelf for decorations. I've never used them. Some people swear by them. This person doesn't have that sunny outlook on uh, the automatic reel. He or she says, it stinks. This reel is terrible. I wouldn't get another one if my life depended on it. One star. Tell us how you really feel about the reel. All right, now this one's great. This one is for a woolly bugger. Now, it's for a gold bead olive woolly bugger, all right? And this website, Big Fly Shop, has unweighted woolly buggers, conehead woolly buggers, and the gold bead olive woolly bugger. But this is the review. Now, remember, it sells all those different types of woolly buggers. This one says, great for sinking and getting down deep, but very heavy with such a large bead head and hard to cast with a fly rod because it's so heavy. Three stars. Once again, there was an option for a lighter woolly bugger, yet they went with this one. Now, I found a, uh, a fly rod review. The fly rod reviews were all over the place, and they're a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, which I'll talk about here in a minute. But I found one fly rod review for a pretty decent introductory level fly rod, and this person wrote, I didn't count, but looking at it, it's almost 500 words just from the way I gauge things like this about how the five-weight model isn't as good as the four-weight model and then lists the virtues of other four-weight models in the same price class. And this is on a big box store website. I mean, this isn't a bad article. It's just to find it on the review section of a big box store fly rod review is a little bit bizarre. Now, it's not just products. It's also outfitters. It's also fly shops that have these great reviews. So here's a good one from a fly shop in Pennsylvania. Friendly people, three stars. So they were friendly, which maybe got them three stars, but they weren't friendly enough for five stars. Or maybe they were friendly, but they didn't have what he wanted, but we won't know that ever. Even though this place has five-star reviews left, right, and center, their friendliness did not earn a five-star review from this person. Here's another one from another mid-Atlantic fly shop. Owner walked up to my th three-year-old and said, please be careful because the fly rods can be very expensive. How rude. Two stars. Now, I'm really not sure what to say about that one, but uh, like I said, a lot of entertainment value in this little practice. Now, here's a good one for an outfitter out west. Rained all day. Terrible experience. One star. Now, I'm sure that that outfitter, that guide, is so happy that it rained that day and that you had a terrible experience, so you're really sticking it to them by giving them one star. Now, to be fair, who knows? Maybe the, the guide was very mean and he uh, didn't have a rain jacket and they made the person get wet or something like that. I don't know. But the bottom line is this. There's some funny things out there. And again, it's not funny if you're necessarily at the uh, butt end of this, if you're the one who's at the receiving end of this whole process, but there's a, a lot of entertainment value for you and me as we go through this. But I guess my first little PSA, if you are the kind of person that does reviews, and for a while I did review things and then I just I, I stopped doing it, but if you're the kind of person that does review things, try to be informative. Because there is value in a well-written, concise, not 500 words for goodness sakes, but a well-written and concise little synopsis of your experience at a fly shop. If it's a fly shop that you really enjoy, 
definitely give them five stars and say a few things about it. Friendly people, nice atmosphere, always have the products that I want, definitely would recommend. And that matters. I don't know if uh, you recall, but a few months ago, I did a couple of articles, generated a little bit of um, buzz just because they were controversial in the way they were put together, but they were the top rated fly shop in every state. And the reason these fly shops were the top rated fly shop in every state wasn't necessarily because they were the best fly shop in every state, but it was because people, their customer base, rated them very highly. Whatever they were doing, it worked in that way. And so if you want to say that they facilitated a customer experience that led to a lot of five-star reviews, well, there's something to be said for that. I, I, I mean, online reviews aren't the only metric for value, even in 2020. But if you can have a customer base, have people that you interact with where they feel like the the economy of the day is is worth participating in for your benefit, then that's a great thing. So again, that doesn't mean that fly shops that don't have a lot of reviews or maybe are in that four-star class aren't worth your time because I know some that have that online presence or lack thereof that definitely are worth spending time and money in. But if you are someone who reviews, then definitely leave a review for your fly shop, for your guide. It's very helpful for them, especially for a fly shop or a guide or an outfitter that is just getting off the ground. That is how they're seen. You know, I mention that pretty frequently. I try not to do it every every week on the podcast, but when you leave a five-star review on my podcast, it gets it in front of more eyes. Now, this isn't about generating income for me. It's just about fun and sharing my appreciation for fly fishing and hopefully having people learn and really think about things. But I want it to be heard and downloaded and read by more people. And so those five-star ratings and those reviews on iTunes help. And for somebody who's trying to make a living for those new guides and those brand new fly shops, that really does allow them to get some traction in a primarily online world because they're not necessarily hanging their shingle in the middle of Main Street of a busy town if they're brand new. So they need people to be able to find them through what is a very normal way today, which is on a phone or on a computer. So leave those five-star reviews if they deserve it, of course. And if they don't deserve it, then give them feedback and maybe do it offline. Uh, and if you have that rotten experience, I, I certainly think that it's worth, you know, letting somebody know in a very public forum. But if if it's like something that you can maybe just give some constructive criticism, then definitely do that offline and, and have that conversation. And if they tell you to go pound sand, that's when you go and put it online. It's not necessarily airing grievances. It's just giving an honest review so that you can potentially save somebody else in that experience. So that's for fly shops, guides, outfitters, all that sort of stuff. Products, I think there's a very different approach that we have to take. And there's two types of product reviews. There's the types of product reviews that I was reading earlier. You're going to find those on Bass Pro, on Cabela's, on Amazon, even on fly shop websites. I really dig the technology, and this is way over my head. I don't understand how it works. But like you go to look at a Yeti cup, for example, and you look at the Yeti website, or you look at Cabela's, or you look at your fly shop's website, and it has an aggregate review with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of ratings and reviews from all of those platforms that are right there that no matter where you are, you click on that star rating and it blows up hundreds of reviews that people are leaving all over the place. 
I think that's really cool because it increases that sample size, which is beneficial both positively and negatively. It uh, shows you, you know what, hundreds of people are having a problem with the paint chipping on this thing, or the ferrules are coming unstuck very, very easily, or these scissors aren't as sharp as people would expect them to be. But two types of reviews. So there's the star reviews that are done by consumers. And then, of course, there's reviews that are done by podcasters and bloggers and authors and folks like that. You could even say influencers. I'm not a huge fan of that word, but people who are on social media exclusively that are showing off what they have, what they've been given, what they've made, things like that. So the online reviews that are done by consumers, those are valuable. But at the same time, they're super subjective often. I don't like the way this rod feels. Two stars. Okay, well, that's not entirely fair. Another example of uh, some silly reviews that I read were for a fiberglass rod that is marketed as full flex, and people were ripping it, saying how slow it was and so how, how hard it was to cast because they had to cast so slowly, and it felt like the rod was bending over every time they made a cast over 40 feet. It's like, well, goodness, it's a three-weight. Why are you casting over 40 feet? And it probably is going to bend, especially if you're using a line that is a contemporary line that is probably at least a half, almost a full line weight heavier. It's going to make that three-weight bend in half at 40 feet. That's normal. That's good. The rod is doing what it's supposed to be doing. Five stars, but no, two stars because you don't like that. Okay, if you don't like that, that's great, but that's a you problem, not the rod problem. Now, if that fiberglass rod was marketed as a fast action and it was doing it, then you would have license to complain and say how bad the rod is because it is not living up to its description. And that's a valid critique and a valid criticism. But there's so much subjectivity in that. The same thing could be said about something like wading boots. I saw this the other day when somebody was ripping a pair of wading boots to shreds because they were narrow. Well, if you have wide feet, why would you buy a pair of shoes that is narrow? Again, if they're marketed as wide and they're narrow, then that's one thing. But these actually say they run slightly narrow. They're a more athletic profile in the shoe. But this couple of reviews were saying how disappointed they were that they were narrow after they'd been billed as narrow. So again, that's objective data that's being interpreted subjectively. Now, same boots, the eyelets were falling off. So however they were attached, whether they were kind of riveted in there or glued in there or stitched in there, whatever it was, the eyelets were falling off. Now that's good objective data that a number of people, regardless of foot width, had these eyelets falling out of this boot, that's the kind of information that you want to know regardless of your foot width. But you can find that kind of stuff all across the board. And there's some things that are super, super helpful. Like this manufacturer, um, when you buy their hackle packs, there's a lot of feathers that are very, very short. Uh, one I saw was marabou that uh, the stems were very rigid routinely in these marabou packs. I mean, that's something important. Like even if it's a $3 purchase, I'd rather buy from brand X that has good marabou that I can use that's functional rather than brand Y that has really rigid stems in the marabou feathers. So it's just something to keep in mind. I'm not saying that you don't think about these things, but I know sometimes I don't think about these things. And on first glance, I see those yellow stars not filled up all the way. And I say, Ugh, on to the next thing. 
we need to be more educated consumers. So that's the one side of things. The other side of things is, like I mentioned, kind of the quote-unquote professional reviews. Now, I don't say that to uh, lift up anybody who writes reviews on a website like I do or talks about products on a podcast, but we need to be discerning consumers when we listen to these things also. And really for the fact of the matter that the same kind of dynamic that I mentioned earlier comes into play here. Now, the best reviews, some of the most excellent fly rod reviews are reviews that compare rods one, two, three at a time, or they have an option on their website or their YouTube channel for you to see a bunch of different rod reviews and they compare them to each other. And I'll actually come back to one great example of that at the end of this podcast for a YouTube channel that I think that you would appreciate if you want some good, objective, and then comparative reviews, especially for fly rods, because that's such a subjective area. There's some things, again, that are very, very objective, you know, hardware choices, finishes, durability, things like that, that are almost quantitative. But for those qualitative things, flex profiles, that's going to be very individualized. So one person might five-star one rod, another might five-star another rod, and the vice versa, it would be, you know, a three-star review. But again, that's not the kind of data that we're looking for. We're looking for quantitative, objective information so that we can make educated choices about our purchases. The last thing that I'll say, and I really don't want to delve too deep into this because I think this is something where it's a a very slippery slope, and that is when you get something to review it. So Casting Across is not a supported website, and this podcast is not a supported podcast. I don't receive dollars for from anybody for what I do, from any fly fishing manufacturers. And when I review something, whether it be a review that you find at the end of every podcast that I've released or a review on the website, that product has come to me in any number of ways. There's some products that I've owned for years and I've forgotten how much I paid for them. There's some products that I will buy at full price. There's some products that I will buy at a discount. There's some products that I am sent to try and then I return them. And there's some products that I'm sent and that I'm able to keep. And I don't give the distinction of where that product came from when I give my reviews. I know some people do say exactly how they got that product. To me, I just want the merit of that product to speak for itself. And I hope that my integrity as a person, as a writer, as a podcaster, as just, again, as a person, is really what speaks and shines through. I don't review everything I get. If something isn't to my liking, I'm more apt to not even mention it and send it back than to write a bad review. And honestly, if something... I've maybe touched it at a fly shop or messed around with it at a show and I'm offered to see it and to play with it, but I know I'm probably not going to like it and it's not going to add much value to my reading and listening audience, I will refuse kindly to have it. And I just don't want to have a website full of bad reviews, of two-star reviews of, of rods and hats and boots and things like that. So personally... The way I approach reviews is to try to give as much of that objective data as possible and then to give some comparative subjective criteria. For me, it fits with my casting stroke because X, Y, or Z. The way that I use things, this is how 
I enjoy this product. This is where I kind of had to do something different than the manufacturer explained or expected. This is how it fit perfectly with how I do things. So that's the way I approach my reviews. And again, I don't make that distinction of how that product ended up in my hands because honestly, truthfully, if, if I say that I was sent this product for free and I got to keep it, then some people are going to be turned off by that. Maybe I'm being presumptuous, but from so much chatter that is online and social media, that's definitely the feeling I get. So I'm not trying to be purposefully misleading or obfuscate the truth of what's happening. I just want to be as objective and straightforward as possible. And there's sometimes I've bought things and I've given them poor reviews because I don't like them and I paid for them. And other times where I've been given things that I absolutely love and I would buy them if I had the opportunity to buy them again. But it's not about me and how I received them. If I write about it or I talk about it, it's for your benefit and for those companies to be given the credit where I think that credit is due. So that really does open up a big can of worms regarding the fly fishing industry and all those things. But I really enjoy the companies that I've had opportunities to work with. There's sometimes where, again, where I say, hey, I bought this product. Can we talk about this product? And they are more than willing to play ball. I've even had a couple of products where I've been sent something to try and then I can't get a hold of that company again and they don't give me the time to have an interview and for me to give some information behind this product. And so I just haven't written about it. And I feel a little bit bad that this thing is sitting on my desk or whatever. But at the same time, I want to present information in a way that I think accurately represents this thing so that you can hear my story with it and then make an educated decision and potentially add that to your stuff or your experience in fly fishing. So have you ever seen any hilarious reviews? You think they should pass them on? Maybe that would be a good podcast for the future. Just me reading ridiculous fly fishing reviews for 20 minutes. Now that I say it out loud, I think it probably will be sometime in the future when I have a hole in the schedule. So if you found any good ones, send them my way and I will be sure to include them as long as they're not too mean. Again, it can be funny to chuckle to ourselves to that, but to point that out to everybody, I don't know if I want to be in the piling on business. This week on castingacross.com, the first article was called Brown Trout and Fly Fishing Ghosts. This was a story from a week on Pennsylvania's Latorte Spring Run from over 10 years ago when I was living in Pennsylvania. And this is a story I was sitting on for a while because it was such a cool experience that I didn't feel like I could give it justice in this format, in this forum. But I finally decided, you know what, there's no better place to start than just putting it out there. So this is one of those articles that I might revisit, I might expand upon, but it was about a week of fly fishing for rising trout on the Latorte. Wednesday's article is called Small Stream Fly Line, More Than Flicks and Flips. And this was an article that kind of talked about ways to think about small stream fly line. There's a few articles on the website about that. I also have a podcast about that, but I really feel like this is a frontier that very few anglers really decide to tread out on and how much my small stream fishing, which is a good amount of my trout fishing, has improved because I have just paid five, 10, 20 more dollars for a nicer fly line. And these lines that have these tapers that are specifically designed for shorter rods and for shorter 
casts are exceptional in those circumstances. So in this uh, article, I write a few more thoughts about that. And I talk a little bit specifically about the Rio Creek line in the weight forward. I've fished the double taper before, but the weight forward is a lot of fun. So uh, you can read my thoughts about that line and about just that topic. This week's recommendation is Trident Fly Fishing. Trident Fly Fishing has a brick and mortar in Maine, and I've been there before, but their real presence is their online presence. And I know a lot of people have a lot of different thoughts about online fly shops. I have a really cool article coming up in the next weeks or months, I don't know how quickly it's going to be out, about just where online fly shops sit, especially as they relate to a brick and mortar location that they, they share. But Trident Fly Fishing has a great YouTube video, and one of the things that they do that I really appreciate is that they do compare multiple fly rods, sometimes two rods or three rods in one video, but oftentimes they'll talk about how one rod casts, and then they'll reference a previous video of another rod, how it casted, so that you have some comparative data, and they try to keep those things within the similar line weights and the similar price categories. So for me, that is the way that you want to hear and see rods reviewed. Have them compared side by side next to each other. And this is a fly shop and so they're simply reviewing the stuff that they have in stock that they're selling. And so they're not doing it to do anything other than give you information. High production value, articulate reviews that are easy to kind of digest and just fun to watch. So I'll put a link to Trident Fly Fishing on this podcast's page on castingacross.com, but definitely check out their YouTube channel. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast in iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast and three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. Mm -hmm.